Okay, we're going to begin a new series today, and uh, it covers a lot of ground uh, because we're going to talk about prayer and the different forms of it. Just to give you an idea how many there are, uh, we talk about petitions, that's things that we ask God for, we ask Him to do, and ask for His help. Uh, intercession is another type of prayer, which is what we pray for others. We intercede, we pray for other people, and that's very much a part of what we do in a prayer time that we have here, pray for other people. Uh, I'm going to put the third one down, because we'll get to it eventually. I'm just going to write down the Holy Spirit, because I believe that that's a separate category when we talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, then we go into prayers that are a little different. Thanksgiving is a way to pray. All right? And we have things uh, called, sometimes we call it praise, uh, admiration, I'd call it, to admire God uh, when we pray, particularly the things that he's made or the things that he does. And then uh, we're going to talk about worship as a form of prayer <coughs> or to adore, to adore God, to worship him is a little different than to admire him. It's a personal love that we have. Admire, we admire what he does. That's very easy to do. Uh, but uh, when we uh, adore him, that's a little bit different. We're going to be talking about these different types of praying. And prayer is probably the thing that the church is the least good at. Okay? The church is the least good at any church. Uh, but our church is too. Of all the things that there are in the Christian experience, this is one that we uh, pursue the least. And so I've been thinking about it for a long, long time. And finally, kicked myself and said, well, quit thinking about it and let's talk about it. And so we're going to talk about different forms of prayer and how you talk to God. And uh, <clears throat> I want to start with the one on the bottom today, which is worship. In John chapter 4, it's interesting that Jesus has a conversation with a lady by a well. <laughs> and he gives us the key the master key that unlocks worship in our hearts towards God by telling us this is God's opinion. This is what God wants. And so he's talking to the woman at the well and she's trying to give excuses to him. And <clears throat> he's going to get right down to the nitty gritty here. John chapter 4 verse 23. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. That's a very valuable statement. God is looking for certain types of worshipers. And here's, what, here's who they are. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him 
in spirit and in truth. And so he says there's two things that we need. Uh, we need to worship in spirit and we need to worship in truth. And God, as he listens to us, as he listens to the way we speak to him, says there's a certain type of behavior, certain way to talk to God that I want. And what I'm looking for is people who will worship him in spirit. And first we'll talk about that. And I'm going to say that first of all, with worship, we're going to be praying to God and worshiping. First of all, you must decide. It is possible to have a moment of spontaneous worship, but it is not the normal thing. All right, now I've had moments when all of a sudden, wow, look at that. I see the northern lights, it always makes my heart do that. And I think, wow, that's amazing, look at that. And you have a moment of spontaneous worship. But God, he says, is looking for people to worship him regularly, and he needs, first of all, to be in spirit that is inside of you, there is somebody that nobody knows because you keep him in there. There's a piece of me you don't know. I'm not telling. <laughs> I'll tell you a lot of stories about a lot of things, but there's some of me that you don't know. It's in deep inside of a person. It's inside of you. God knows it, okay, because he knows all about us. The people around you don't know that private inner part. And the old writers back in the 1600s used to call it the penetralium. It's so deep inside you that you have to penetrate to get to it. So there is a private part in us that we keep private. We don't shoot our mouths off about it all the time. Our thoughts are continually working. All right, your mind works when you're asleep, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, right? Your mind works even when you're asleep. And so you have this private part in you, and that's the part, he says, I want that part of you to come and worship me, and I need that part. So it's going to take a little concentration. It is easy to let that part kind of sleep and when we say our prayers, we got a list, and we go down our list of petitions. He said, that's not the way I want it. I want to get down deep inside of you that the private part of you comes and talks to God. <clears throat> he said, I need that to focus, to wake up, and for you to think about that and do it. Now, you remember Moses at the burning bush, right? He's out in the middle of the desert. He's 80-some years old. And he's walking along, and he sees a bush on fire. And he sees it's not being consumed. It's just fire in the bush. And so he walks over to the bush. Why? Because he's curious. Everybody would wonder, why isn't the bush burning up? He goes over to the bush, and he gets up next to the bush, and he's looking at it. And God says, Moses, what? take your shoes off. Why don't you take your shoes off? This is holy ground. All right, so Moses came in what? Just 
curiosity look at the bush. He said, no, we're going to talk and you're going to have to get prepared. You have to get ready. Get those shoes off. You're going to stand on this holy ground with you and me. All right? And so there's a preparation in worship where we're going to stir up the inside of us, the quiet part. We're going to make a decision. We want to worship God. Right? And then the next thing he says is you're going to have to worship in truth. And God is very fond of that part of worship. Uh, last week, Levi talked about uh, people who speak in tongues, and we kind of came to the conclusion, seek not, forbid not. If somebody wants to do it, let them do it. Don't seek for it, all right? But what always amazes me is these people say to me, well, I said, blah, 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 and uh, uh, I was talking to God. And I think, you think God wants you to talk like that to him? God wants you to worship in truth. That is, I want you to say something intelligent. God is looking for intelligent worship. He wants you to come to him and say why. Why I admire you. Why I adore you. What is there about God that you adore? And so <clears throat> you have to have some intelligence to get just to know things about God. So how are you going to worship God if you don't know anything about Him? It's going to be hard. And so we want to learn all we can about God. That won't necessarily put us there. But we need to have those thoughts that we can gather together because there must be an intelligent worship. And like I said, those poor people that are babbling to God, sometimes I wonder what God thinks. What was that? Sorry, I didn't get it. God wants an intelligent worship. What is it that you know about God that has an effect on you? And you've got to think about that. So worship comes down to, down in my heart, I think about something that's true about God, and then I have a feeling down inside of me that wants to express itself to God. I get that feeling. So I want to talk to God and worship Him. And I'm here to tell you uh, that you got to think about it. It's not going to happen if you don't prepare yourself to do it. you got to prepare yourself to worship. you got to do certain things. Look over in Psalm number 46. <coughs> and this is one of the reasons I like to talk about worship because I would like to think that uh, every time you come to church, you worship. I don't think that's true. I don't think that people come prepared to worship. Some people do. I'm glad for that. But here it is in Psalm 46, verse number 10. Be still and know that I am God. All right? So 
person that's preparing themselves to come and worship God has sometimes got to shut. You got to be quiet. Don't expect to. Oh God! No, he says, I want you to be still. When you come to me, you're worshiping. I need you to be quiet. I need you to be quiet. Now, in some places, there are churches where you're hardly allowed to talk. Right? And you say, well, oh, they must be worshiping. No, not necessarily. All right? Maybe they're just unfriendly. I don't know. Okay, some places where they don't talk. But then, uh, if you're going to come to worship God... You say, well, Sunday morning I want to come and worship God. At some point I got to close the world off, turn everything off, shut the world down, and have a talk with God. Somebody told me, a good old preacher, a long time ago, and he said, when you come to the pulpit, don't ever climb up into it. Always step down into it. Very, very wise comment. All right? To some people, they go to the pulpit, that's their highest moment. They crawl up in the pulpit, and they're at their highest point. He said, don't do that. Be up here with God, and then step down to the pulpit. All right? And that's been something that has really been in my mind for years. And Saturday night, and I start thinking. I start talking to God, sometimes Saturday morning, sometimes Friday night, I get started early. But I talk to God and think about God and worship God and discuss with God and say things that prepare me so that I've been with God before I step down to there. And you can't just say, ah, it'll happen. No, it won't happen. You've got to prepare yourself to do it. You've got to be still and know that I am God. And so, he said, I want to have an intelligent experience with you. I want you to worship. And so, in the preparation of getting ready to do that, uh, there's some things that really help, I think. <coughs> Get prepared. Um, you can listen to music if it helps, all right? if it helps. Uh, music helps me, but not all music. There's some music that bores me to death, and uh, I, that doesn't put me in a worshipful mood, but every once in a while I hear them and I go, wow, that one sets me off. It helps me to think. So uh, when we come to church and we say we're going to come to worship God, got to be prepared ahead of time to do it. So uh, if you need to sing in the car, sing in the car. All right? I sang all the way to church this morning. I was just looking around and seeing the world and the beauty in it, and I can sing about God. When morning gills the sky, my heart awaking cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. A likened work of prayer to Jesus, I repair. Sing that on the way to church. All right. Now, I know I used to come to church with little kids. All right. And they got a little older, and sometimes they fight all the way to church. All right. So here, I'd like to worship. I can't. They're fighting in a car. All right. 
And <laughs> I, I get it. I know that you can't always turn the world off. All right. So sometimes you got to do it in the middle of the night at some point where you get prepared to talk with God and to meet God. And there's a preparation that helps it to happen. And then there's something you can take advantage of when you get here and it's time to worship uh, because we do things to help you do that. All right? The choir sings a large variety of music, all kinds of music, old-fashioned, modern, um, Negro spirituals, all different kinds of music. And the reason we have a variety of music is to help you, because one of those songs we think might be the one that you want to hear, that your heart might be thinking about. And so we sing sometimes, there's a land that is fairer than day. By faith we can see it afar. Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by we shall meet on that beautiful shore. And when I think about my family now, a lot of them up in heaven already, and we sing the sweet by and by, and then, ah, that's coming. I'm going, thank you, Jesus, for having them up there, and I'm going to join them. That's a moment of worship, see. And look what you've done, God. You, you didn't break us apart. You brought us together. And I'm getting up there soon. I'll be next on the list. I'm going up there. And uh, when I hear the sweet by and by, that makes worship rise in your heart. Right? Maybe something else for you. Uh, precious Lord. Sometimes life is difficult. We sing, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. I'm tired, and I'm weak, and I'm worn. Does that ring a bell in your heart? Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me home. And a lot of times in life, you come here feeling burdened. You hear that song, I should create a worship in your heart, a feeling towards God. He's going to do it, all right? He's going to lead us through the dark, through the storm. Lead me home. That's one of the the choir sings. We think about the choices that God has put us through that we've made and what he did for us. We sing this one song, it's got an unusual sound to it. Two cults. Two cults are before me, an old and a new. I asked my sweet master, what should I do? One cult was dirty, all tattered and torn. The other, a new one, had never been worn. I'll tell you the best thing I ever did do. I took off the old coat. What a great thought. For our worship, the feeling of worship rises up when we realize what God has done for us, how good he's been to us. There's one that just thrills my heart. I sing it every time when the choir starts, I join them. Uh, uh, Through all the darkness and the night, I hear the music singing. But though the darkness gathers round, songs in the night, 
he giveth. No storm can shake my inmost calm. When to the rock I'm clinging, since Christ is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? And he says, you're going to go through the dark, you're going to go through the storm, but he's in charge. Are you safe? You bet you are. And so the choir's singing to help you to worship. It's a song that we hope through a variety of songs. We do 15 at least every Sunday. And somewhere in those songs would be the one that you say, that's the one. That quickened my heart. That made me feel something toward God. And I can turn to God right here in the midst of these people and say, good, that's the one, Lord. And understand, you've got to stop talking and start listening. It's important. Start listening and then intelligently. So if we take the song we did today and just think about the worship that's in the song We all sang it today. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. So he said, here's what I used to be. This is what we sang this morning. Here's what I used to be. I didn't care, and I didn't know. I didn't know enough to care. That's what used to describe the way I live my life. That's verse 1, all right? Uh, By God's word, verse 2. By God's word, at last my sin I learn, and I tremble at the law I spurn. Oh, my guilty soul imploring turn. All right, so we were reading God's word and we were hearing it explained. We were listening to God's word. What happened to us? Well, uh, suddenly we came to the realization by God's word, at last my sin, and I trembled. I was afraid. Fear is something that we should have felt along the road. I mean, we've violated. God's rules, and we've acted against God, and that better make you afraid. But then he said, I tremble till my guilty soul, impl- I felt fear and I felt guilt. And then what happened? Then what happened? Mercy there was great. Grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. Why was I fearful when I first learned? Because I had so many sins, I couldn't count them all. I couldn't keep track of them all. They were ingrained into my thinking, and they were part of my character. And I said, i got to get rid of those things. It makes me guilty. And he said, I'm here. We're going to fix that for you. All right. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span on Calvary. So God said, look, I love you. Here you are, you miserable old wretch. I like you. I love you. And I'm going to do something for you you don't deserve, and that's what grace is. And so uh, I'm going to pardon your sin. And uh, that's what we sang this morning. 
we sang that this morning. And did you worship? Did you have a feel in your heart? Hard in there was multiplied to me. That should awake inside of you. And then we did the old standard, one that everybody knows. You hardly got to look at the book. You feel that one? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. I once was lost, now I was blind. And so, he said, I'm a miserable wretch. I was blind and I was lost, but God found me. God came and found me. Like the sheep, when there was 99 at home and one missing, he came looking for the one that was missing. God came looking for me and found me. All right, that's only verse 1, right? Amazing grace. It was grace that taught my heart to fear. God said, I'm going to teach you that you're in a terrible position. If something happens to you today, you'll go to hell. You need to be afraid of that. He says, grace taught my heart to fear. And then what? Grace, my fears relieved. So I was afraid of what could happen to me when I realized I was a wretch and blind he said, now, he said, I realize I'm afraid. I ought to be afraid for God's punishment. But grace of my fear is relieved. God said, I'll fix it for you. I'll wipe out your sin. Make it as if you never sinned. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. That's worship rising in the heart. Through many dangers, toils, and snares. I have already come. Life has been a road. It hasn't been an easy one. All right, we've been kicked around. We've been through the trials of life. So I went through these trials and I made it. I'm here. Here I am sitting in East Shelby. I made it. I made it. And he says, here's what I know from that. I'll make it the rest of the way. And the worship rises in the heart. He's going to get me there. I got me here. He'll take me there. He'll get me there. Uh, and it goes on and on. Great, great, great song. Uh, the Lord has promised good to me. His word, my hope secures. How do you know? What, how do you know that God's going to do good for you? Because there's promises in his book, and he always keeps his promise. We read them in the book. I will never leave you or forsake you. That's good enough for me for just about ever. I'm with you. As the promises, his word, my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. And when this mortal flesh shall, when this heart and this mortal flesh shall cease, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going one day, they're going to haul me over and put me in that cemetery over there. I got a spot picked out. They're going to bury me over there. I'm going to be dead. But what's going to happen? I shall possess within the veil a life of joy and peace. I'll be the happiest guy you ever met when I go up there. It's a wonderful place to be. And then a guy really put the polish on the song when we've been there 10,000 years. That's a long time, right? Bright shining as the sun. We've no less days 
to sing his praise when we first begun. It goes on and on and on and on forever and ever and ever. I never will run out of time. <coughs> so that's two songs we sang this morning that should have brought worship rising in your heart. That have brought you up and helped you feel what God has done for you and recognize in that feeling and say, God, I know, I know you did. I know you helped me. I'm here because of that. I'm going to a wonderful place because of that. And so the purpose of music in a church is to rise us up to God, lift our hearts in worship so that we will think about it. And so number one, it's got to be deep inside. It can't be a, just an outward thing. Don't think if you're sitting there singing a hymn, you're worshiping. It's got to be down inside of you. It's got to be something true about God. Well, look at the things we talked about that are true by God. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon was multiplied to me. That's worship rising in our hearts. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. But you've got to get prepared. You can't come in muddle-headed and yakking your head off and sit down and say, okay, I, I'm ready. No, you're not ready. You're not ready. It's going to take some preparation, some thought, some focus to get you ready for a higher worship. All right, now there's other various forms that we'll talk about as time goes on, but we're starting out with worship, a feel in the heart towards God that you cultivate, that you prepare for, and that as you hear songs sung, as you hear prayers prayed, as you hear sermons preached, they will lift you up higher and higher towards God. All right, that's what we talk about <clears throat> when we talk about the part of prayer we call adoration. Oh, come, let us adore him, right? Oh, come, let, I love that song. Come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let's gather around and love him and worship him in that way. We'll go on with more next week. Thank you. Thank you.